Hi, friends. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that if you like what we talk about here on the Belonging Podcast, I think you'll really love my book. It's called Root and Ritual, Timeless Ways to Connect to Land, Lineage, Community, and the Self. And it is available right now wherever books are sold. It is a beautifully illustrated guide to connecting with the earth, your ancestors, and your communities as you come home to your whole self. Though we live in a radically different looking world, the needs of our bodies and spirits are the same as the ancestors we come from. I divide this book into four parts, land, lineage, community, and self, and I take you on a journey for engaging more deeply with your life. I provide stories from my own life and I share rituals, recipes, and ancestral wisdom, journal prompts to support you on your individual and unique and sacred path. You can get more info and bonuses at rootandritualbook.com and pick it up at your favorite bookstore online or in person. Thanks for all your support. It means the world to me. Welcome to Belonging, a podcast that explores how to come home to yourself in the age of loneliness. I'm Becca Piastrelli, your host and guide on a journey of courageous reconnection. As we explore topics like ancestral wisdom, cultivating meaningful sisterhood, living with the seasons and cycles of the earth in your body, and what it means to be a good ancestor. Hi, it's Becca Piastrelli here. Welcome back to Belonging, the podcast. Oh my gosh, I have been so sick. I have been so sick and I'm finally feeling better and I need you to know that. (laughs) You know that feeling after you get a really rough cold. It always happens for me in January. I act surprised. No, no. These are the way of things in winter. And then You can breathe through your nose again. Oh my gosh. And you just feel so grateful for being alive and healthy. It's a little reset. Happens to me every year. I get sick, then I get better. And I'm like, okay, body, I'm going to treat you better. I'm going to be more grateful for the air in my lungs and the autonomy of my body and my heart that beats and my feet that hold up my whole body and walk around and my knees that bend and my appendages, my hands and how they move and hold things and all of it. I'm just feeling so, okay, I am feeling, trying to remove this word just, very difficult. I am feeling so, so, so grateful for my healing body that's always rooting for life. And that's that's really special and profound. I wanted to talk today about house witchery combined with huga. I don't really know what the topic topic is. You see the name of the episode, so you know, but I haven't quite gotten there yet. I wanted to talk about this whole process of of coming into a new home and infusing the magic and the sacredness into it. And I also published a blog post about this where I shared a bit more about a specific craft 
that I made, a handcraft that I made to welcome myself into the home, to introduce myself to the home, and to establish protection and infuse some magic based on the folk medicine and magic of my ancestry. So you can check that out as well. That'll be in the show notes. So what I wanted to talk about is not the process of buying a house. I'm, you know, everyone's got their own story about buying a house, but this really applies to anyone, whether you buy a house or rent a house or you, wherever you dwell, this is about, I really want to talk about a sense of place and a sense of belonging on the land and where you dwell. Because a lot of us have this feeling of loneliness, of isolation. It's sort of like a dissociated, disembodied feeling where you can't really feel at home in yourself or in your home. I know it's already happened here. I've lived here a month now as a recording, and I've had some days where winter just took me into a dark cocoon, and I I couldn't even really look outside and see the trees and truly be with them. I was very much internal. So this is all coming from not a place of teaching, so to speak, of like, here are the ways to ground into your home and infuse magic and meaning. This is like what I've done and what I'm doing in a very real and present sense in my new home. So the first thing I wanted to acknowledge is I may own this land, but it is not my land. It's kind of a mind F. I live on the ancestral lands of the coastal Miwok people, part of the federal reservation of the Great and Rancheria here in Northern California, just north of San Francisco, in what is known as Marin County. Marin, that comes from Chief Marin, who is, uh, was, was an indigenous chief of these lands, which feels good to say, as opposed to it being some colonizer's name, which is a lot of the other names of places here. But it is a little bit interesting for me that there's ownership of land that was stolen. That's really confusing. So I've been trying to reframe this, you know, colonizer guilt and shame that is isn't a part of this in me and really look at this as taking on the responsibility of stewardship of this house and of this land this little parcel on the side of a shady hill that you know has passed through many hands. How can I take on this role of homeowner as, as a way of being land steward? And so in a slow, wintry way, I've been making a point of getting to know every tree on the land and every tree that I can see out my window right now, including over several hills. I live in a really hilly area. I can see all these different hills, maybe four ridges, and they have different trees on them. I can see in the distant ridge, there's eucalyptus lining the top. Getting to know the trees, getting to know the animals, a lot of squirrels around here. I hear coyotes howling at night. We found the footprints of definitely a raccoon rifling through our compost. (laughs) We were actually really excited because uh, Tim and I love raccoons. I think it's because they have very interesting and dexterous hands. They have really cool prints, paw prints. And they're just, they're really, uh, they're dexterous. 
and they're smart. And yes, they can be really pesky and a pain for those of us living on their land. (laughs) But we get really excited when we see raccoons or evidence of raccoons. So we've been investigating that. And the whole back of our fence is currently being rebuilt by landscapers. So many, many a family or two or five of deer are coming through and eating the salad that is our rain-soaked winter growth here in Northern California. And uh, the cats have been going crazy at the screen door watching, and I have been loving it. So this is this has been a starting point, getting to know the land as it is, getting to know the creaks and noises of the new home, getting to know the finicky water heater and the strange corner of the shower that pools water and all the bits and pieces of this house, of this land, before coming in and really claiming to change it. I mean, I say that, but we've already sort of done that. We purchased the home in October, and then we immediately did renovations. And I have to tell you, a part of me has a little guilt. Like, did I ask the house permission? (laughs) I mean, I definitely believe in the animism of, of all things and all life, and that a house has a soul, a house has a personality, And um, I'm trying, I've been saying sorry and thank you for redoing our kitchen and our floors and tearing up a lot of plants and and digging out dirt in the backyard, but also seeing it as, hi, I'm here now. I'm a steward of this land. I have the best of intentions. And here we are. This is who I am. And there's a lot of energetic intensity to a renovation, and to, I don't know, a movement of furniture, even. I've just been really tuning into that. The more and more I tune into my cyclical energy and my connection to the earth and who I am as an ancestral being, the more I feel like I can feel (laughs) a lot of the intensity of this world. So it's a practicing of boundaries and getting a lot of rest and nourishment and not overdoing it, but also honoring the very real intensity of landscaping a hill and redoing a fence and ripping up carpet and putting in new wood floors. And where did those floors come from? Trees. Where are those trees? So we've been in this space, Tim and I, of acknowledging all of this, speaking it out loud, When we feel sorry, saying sorry. When we feel grateful, saying grateful. When we need to explain, explaining. I'm just thinking 10 years ago, Tim and I would never have spoken aloud to a house or a land. And now it's it's a common practice to speak, to engage in relationship. I will say that we decided to paint our front door red. And that was a really fun experience. The outside color of our house is very dark. The color is called Raccoon Fur by Benjamin Moore, and uh, we fully chose it because we love raccoons, and we like the color. But we thought, okay, we really want a pop of color on our door because we're sort of shaded by trees on a hill, and we really want to be seen. We want to be found. That's really important energetically. And so we ended up choosing red. The color is called Million Dollar Red, Benjamin Moore. And we, we looked at some feng shui principles, and it's really about being seen and calling in prosperity, not just financially, but also in community 
and in family and this really claiming abundance because I was really nervous moving to this hill that has less foot traffic and less car traffic and more trees that we would feel hidden and left behind. And as someone who really struggles with loneliness, that was important to me that we have this big, bright red door. But before we moved, we had to say goodbye to the old house. And after talking to several of my witchy, in-tune, uh, mystical friends, what was made very clear is, is before we can open with the new house, we really needed to close with the old house, take as much time as we needed, and really make sure that we feel complete because it's a huge shift. And we loved that house, 100-year-old cottage at the bottom of a canyon. It was such a good gathering space. It had such beautiful energy. We navigated a lot there, and it's just such a special place. So I'm really missing it right now, talking about it. Hmm. Such love to that cottage. So I was talking to friends and my friend Erin Duffy Oswald of Talks to Bees on Instagram. She is super cool witchy woman up in Montana. And she talked about this ritual she did uh, many years ago. Uh, she got it from this book, Circle Round. And it had to do with, she talked about baking a cake. So Tim and I ended up baking cookies. And this is what we did. We baked cookies in the oven. We actually were all packed up, but we made sure not to pack up any of the baking supplies and cookie sheet. So we baked these cookies and then we put them on a plate and we walked into each room in the house and we spoke aloud our thanks and gratitude to that room and recalled memories, recalled memories of in that space. So let's say our big living room. We said, thank you so much for keeping us safe and giving us refuge from the world. I remember so many beautiful women's gatherings here and sister circles and parties. And I remember that one solstice, summer solstice we had here and there were candles everywhere and it was so special. And I remember that fire we had and that was really fun. And that really, wow, man, my 30th birthday party. And we somehow got 20 people in there. And, and I remember the windows were open and we were all dressed in costumes and there were, there was candlelight and I blew out the candles on my cake that my friend had put roses on. And that was in this room. Thank you so much room. We went into every room and did that. And so that all those memories and all that energy was infused into those cookies. Then we sat down in front of the series finale of The Office because we watched that entire thing while we were packing over the winter and we ate the cookies. And it's so that these memories and that experience isn't left behind. It's in us. We bring that with us to the new home. So I'm so grateful for Aaron, to Aaron for sharing that with me. There's so many ways you can ritualize saying goodbye to a space. My friend Stevie was a uh, voice teacher at a high school, and she left to go be a voice expression coach. And as she was leaving her classroom, taking down all the decorations for a high school classroom, she went into each corner of the room, the four directions, 
and rang a bell. And uh, she was sharing that with me when I was looking for rituals. And I thought that was really special, this, this use of noise. I talk about this in the blog post I published. This use of noise, a rattle or a drum or beans in a can or a bell to shift the energy, to let the space know that something is completing or something is beginning or something is shifting. So then we moved into our new house. And in some ways, we're still moving in. And we really felt... Like we got a little lost. Our kitties went crazy. I know that cats, if you're a cat person, you know, cats are really creatures of space, whereas dogs are creatures of, of like uh, their pack and, or, you know, or they're humans. Whereas cats really need to feel like they know their space from the smells and what they interact with. And so bringing our cats into a new space was, was super intense for them. And they really had some trouble sleeping. We all had trouble sleeping. My husband really struggles with insomnia already. So we the first week we basically did not sleep very well. And it was winter solstice and it was dark. And we were surrounded by boxes and we were exhausted. So we went into this portal of being tumbled and jumbled around and accepted it. And also realized that the house didn't feel like we it was ours yet or that we were home. We kept saying we felt like we were in Airbnb you know, and like we have to clean up and put the towels, you know, like wash the towels and the sheets and where do we put the key when we leave kind of a feeling. And I, I really felt my impatience. I really felt my, my desire to rush this, to rush the feeling of being complete and moved in. We, you really can't rush that, right? You really, that's, that's an energy thing. Yes, you can unpack your stuff and have your stuff in the places, and that does help, but also sometimes your stuff doesn't have a place yet. It's a whole new place. Or maybe your stuff isn't supposed to be there anymore. And so there's this dance that has to happen that takes weeks, months, years even. And we've been breathing through that. But what we did do in that first week was we, went, we walked around the house and we introduced ourselves to each room. So in the same way we said goodbye and gave thanks to each room in the old house, we introduced ourselves to each new room and the backyard and the front yard and the trees at the new house. And I keep doing that, actually. There's something in me that says there's this need to, I want to keep letting the house and the land know that I'm here and this is why. And, you know, even in life, sometimes we need to hear, hear things a few times, even in life, this is all life, even in our lives, we need to keep hearing things a few times to really know, especially because we're in this fog of winter and it's super rainy here. So Tim and I have a practice at least once a week of walking up the hill behind us that's being landscaped slowly and stairs are being built and terraces are being made. And my gosh, I have such a vision for the backyard. I'm so excited about it, but it's moving slowly and steadily and intentionally. And we check the progress and we also talk. We talk, hey, we're here. I know this is so intense for you. And oh my gosh, what we have planned here is so special. And we want to call in more butterflies and we want to honor and plant more trees. And oh my gosh, we're going to make so many memories here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi, Rebecca and Tim. 
And my friend Maya Toll, I remember she shared a few years ago about the importance of walking the perimeter, which is an indigenous practice. She shared a tradition of of sprinkling cornmeal all along the perimeter. And um, I bought cornmeal and we haven't done that yet, mostly because... Hmm, because we haven't felt called and it's raining and crazy and muddy. But that is something we want to do. I really feel it's important to bring Tim in with his sacred masculine, really identifying the four directions, um, placing something. I don't know if it's going to be a crystal or or if it's going to be a strand of hair. We're going to sing a song or drum in the four directions, but really just bringing in that indigenous sacredness here. I also gave my moon blood to the land you followed along with me for a while, you know that it is prophesized that in Cree, indigenous prophecy, that when every woman, every bleeding woman, bleeding person, returns their blood back to the land, all wars will cease. It gives me chills even saying it. There's something about this acceptance and embracing of this beautiful miracle that is us bleeding every moon cycle and not being in, not being um, cut, not being wounded, but bleeding as a way of purifying, as a way of cleansing, as a way of being creatures of the moon and the tides that, that we honor that this blood that comes of us and that it is, it is sacred and that it is an offering to the land. It is a gift. So this is something I did at my last home, but The other day I offered blood from my first moon here on the land to, I felt compelled to give it to the olive tree, the olive tree we can see just outside our bedroom window. So there's, there's something we've done. I've also, the thing, the thing about Tim is he's actually more in tune with the energetic realm than I am. It's, it was a hard thing to admit because I'm like, I'm so witchy, but he can feel things way more subtly than I can. He's just more in tune that way. And so I asked him what he was feeling. He said, this house doesn't feel quite alive yet. It doesn't feel like it needs more life. I remember in the old house, he was like, this house is alive and there's a lot going on here and there's a lot that's happened here. And we walked in here and he said, it feels like a clean slate, but kind of stagnant. So we've been trying to shake up the energy. I've been cutting bits of the plants that are growing outside and bringing them in the home and singing and drumming and dancing, trying to bring life back in. It's really helped that I'm feeling better now so I can do that and continuously bring ourselves back to offering, to honoring and offering. What can I leave outside to the land spirits, to the animals, to the trees, to the ancestors of this land? How can I honor this place? Again, my friend Ari Duffy Oswald said, it needn't be fancy, it needn't be complicated. A song, some food, a strand of hair, that can do too, a breath. So I'm really trying to keep myself in a place of offering, offering, offering. We can't just move into a home and just be there and landed and feel at home and feel like we are all in flow. It's a process. It's a process. So... I share more about strewing salts, this practice of infusing a spell or magic through plants, like rosemary, that's a very traditional protective plant ancestrally, or rose, 
or thyme or mugwort. A lot of these are very common herbs and plants you can get access to or grow on your own. And in combining it with salt, with sea salt, which in many ancestral traditions is a form of protection, sprinkling around your doorstep or under your pillow or in a bath. So I share a recipe and more more about the folk magic and plant magic that can be used in coming into your space. So you can head to the show notes to check that out because I don't know what the URL is right now because we haven't done that yet. So you can check that out or probably hit up my Instagram or beccapiastrelli.com slash blog, all places you can find it. Mostly what I'm reminding myself of in this moment and you who are listening who want to feel more at home in your home, even if you've lived there for 20 years, or want to feel in a deeper reciprocal relationship with your land, is to use this time of winter dream time to listen. Listen in. What does your house want or need? A lot of us are listening to our homes and realizing our homes thinks that we have too much stuff. And so we're all in a massive Marie Kondo-esque purge. But what else does, does your land or house want? Honoring of its ancestors, of the indigenous ancestors of this land, offerings to the land spirits, more plants, more bees, more conversation, more introduction, more reintroduction, re-engaging. So I invite you to listen in and have patience with yourself. Thank you so much for listening. I am signing off from my cozy, new, half barely set up office, knowing that in time, all settles and we find our way back to how to belong in ourselves, in our bodies, in our lineage, in our spaces, in our communities. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I know your time is sacred, and I hope this episode infused some inspiration and meaning into your day. For show notes, links, and references from this episode, you can go to belongingpodcast.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to Belonging on Apple Podcasts, and if you have a moment, leave a review. This helps my little podcast reach more listeners, and I would be ever so grateful.